Hello and welcome to How I Spent My Allowance, Season 5, Episode 11. We're talking about uh, the story that Tasselhoff promised he would never, ever tell. Or that's, that's basically it. Uh, okay, and when I say we are talking about it, I mean, of course, myself, Seth Alcorn. Patrick Murphy Donahue. I'm James Finley. And we have a special guest today, Nami Ooh. Sparrow of the Sagas and Sass podcast. Hello, it's me, Nami. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Nam, Nami is many things. She is a podcaster. Uh, she is a costume designer and preparer, cosplayer, if you will. And uh, she's also a scientist. Yes. In I her am. day job, she's a scientist. My muggle job is uh, sciencing. I science all over the place. What realm of science frequent you? Uh, I am a molecular biologist and geneticist, uh, except I am currently working in uh, engineering, working with uh, medical devices. Ooh, super cool. Yeah, that's definitely a more interesting job than I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Patrick, yeah. There it, mm. uh, so let's go ahead and, and dive into the, the story that Tasselhoff promised he would never, ever tell. And uh, the artwork is a white dragon threatening a very poorly drawn Fizban and Tasselhoff. And then there's a Knight of Salamnia hand on his sword at the bottom, sort of superimposed over this whole dragon scene. I am um, going to be forthright about the story and say that I don't like it. Oh, Oh, getting up on Front Street, are I'm you? Getting up on Front Street. <laughs> front Street from Arrow chapter and verse into how I spent my allowance. I don't like the story, but let's take a look at what happens. Uh, it is unusual in that it is first person from Tasselhoff's perspective. Naomi is here. <laughs> so we'll just pause while we'll just pause. welcome. Well, Naomi. Yeah. Naomi. This is seamless podcasting. Post. It's seamless. And so. imagine, just imagine if we had someone to edit the audio and we could take out that pause. But we don't. There's me, but oh. I'm too lazy. But so we can fill instead. That's and right. you know editing's just a suggestion. Like I I just posted a YouTube video where all I did was ramble at the screen and then I proceeded to go, could I edit this? Yeah. Will I edit this? Nah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love a good stream of consciousness, you know. Yeah. I, you know. Patrick's over there reading some James Joyce, just going, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, that's no, yeah. I get it. I, I get, get it. it. <laughs> Hello, Naomi. Like stream of consciousness, you should follow me on Twitch because there's a stream of consciousness. And there is a segue. Oh, oh there it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, Naomi, Nami, Nami, Naomi. Uh, we did start a couple of minutes ago, but we haven't even talked about the story yet. Amazing. Yes. Uh, truly shocked and truly out of character for us all. Right. Yes, because we usually get straight into things and just talk. We about have it. established that Seth doesn't like it, though. Yes. yes. Okay. I don't like the Comes story. right out. Comes He's right not out. the only one. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So we okay. We've got a multitude of opinions a multitude of opinions so well, we start i with, mean we're here i mean well jeff um, james what did you think yeah, well I, I i i guess there's a world where i i can see or potentially anticipate what seth and naomi's criticisms might be mm -hmm. i think uh i i 
care less about the narrative itself than the way it's delivered. And I, f I find Tasselhoff's voice very charming. So I enjoyed it sort of regardless of the plot, I think That's is fair. is where I okay. landed on. Yep. Yep. No, because maybe. it is as, as Seth was kind of alluding to that. It's unusual to get a first person <laughs> Tasselhoff story. It's also kind of unusual to have this kind of attitude in the point of view character. Like it's, it's unusual for at least the fantasy, certainly the fantasy I was reading when I first read this story. Yeah. Um, so refreshing perhaps. Yeah. So Respect yeah. That. Nami, how do you feel about the story? Well, for me, I had two things going into the, this story. So first of all, the reason Seth invited me to be here is because I love Dragonlance, like unapologetically obsessed, like owned alarming numbers of the books and read them all as a kid. And I really love Dragonlance. And my favorite series is one that you guys haven't covered yet, but it's the uh, the Time of the Twins, War of the Twins, Test of the Twins trilogy, because I love those. They're they're very good. Um, you are my yeah, best friend both. I made I made angsty deviant art works about Raceland for years. Okay, like like this is where we are. <laughs> so um, so for plugs, is that deviant art still in existence? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can try to find it. I believe it was Magnaria Astridge because you know edgy edgy elementary school middle school names you gotta you gotta you be gotta. your own uh D, D main character um but so i like very much obsessed with these books and i've been meaning to do a reread for a very very long time but it just hasn't happened and so picking up this short story was in a way it was like the deep dive into nostalgia and i objectively i don't think i could have disliked it okay realm that being said Tasselhoff's Tasselhoff's like voice was absolutely hilarious because this whole time you read about Kender and you know that they are problematic constant thief trope but done in a way that it's like haha childlike innocence they don't even know what they're doing and seeing that from Tasselhoff's Hoff's, Tassel's voice and just having him always be like and then I found he kept misplacing his picture like he said it's his most prized possession like you should be more careful with your stuff bud I kept fine and, and you know um Tannis is so forgetful he just like left his pack and I know because I'm holding his pack now and I'm gonna give it back to him what a wait no actually I'm just gonna hold it to keep him safe like like what <laughs> it was just really charming to me like his voice the story itself I was kind of meh on because I'm not a fan of stories that take established lore and kind of like do you guys curse? Do you guys curse? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Fuck yeah! yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm not usually, I'm not a fan of stories that take lore and fuck with it like this story did. Except, I have my own interpretation, kind of, of what happened, and I'm going to stick by that because I prefer it as a, as opposed to the. By the way, the dragon lances aren't real at all. They they they're just regular steel. I hate that. No, yeah. thank you. Nope. But Tass's voice made the entire thing really entertaining to me. And I I was just like, what an idiot. That that part where he's like, 
standing in the room and they're all talking shit about him and he's like who's this other kender they all hate it can't possibly be me I'm like, what must it be like having that much confidence in a social situation that people can talk shit about you in front of you and you'll still be like ah uh, not me i'm too cool what yeah like? i'm the person in the room that people will be like oh i hate that dress and they'll be talking about somebody completely different and they'll be like and i'll be like in a pair of jeans they'll be like they hate my dress not even (laughs) nope they hate my dress (laughs) yeah Yeah. well okay to to be fair to be fair fair. fair. um yeah i mean the, the story is is written in a funny way it's charming i like tasselhoff's voice uh nami has already uh, voiced my objection and i will go into two more about that uh later on i i i will i will say what they did to the dragon lances is if not quite on par in the same ballpark as saying oh yes sturm and kitiara had a child yes yes yeah. yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay. I just like that. <laughs> look, I am going to die on the hill that that retcon was unnecessary and stupid. Agreed. The, the, the Sturm one the or Sturm the Dragon the one? Sturm oh, thing. no, yeah, yeah no, like, we're all in agreement well, on that one. Both. I mean, sure, all of these stories were not necessary. Right. <laughs> but, sure. I mean, but none of it is the... necessary. This podcast isn't necessary. Here we are. Shut your mouth. How dare, how very dare you. But how else would we express our opinions about these books? Anyway. Precisely. Walks um, in five minutes late with Starbucks, shaming our own podcast. Shaming our own podcast. <laughs> all right. All right. So I, 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 I like you. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was uh, the existence of Steel Bright Blade is in no way necessary to the plot of the books they put him in after the story. Like he didn't need to be Sturman Kittyara's kid. That doesn't add anything. It's not important. But they did it anyway. Let's talk about this story. This one in this book. <laughs> it, you know, I thought. I kind of well, like Patrick. It. You didn't, I'm but sorry. that's okay. It doesn't matter. I'm just Patrick. I'm sorry, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, no, go into it. Let's let's hear your opinion. No, I, I, no, no, I'm okay. I didn't read it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal honesty. No, I'm kidding. I I actually fall in the in in kind of along the lines with James and Nami that I enjoyed the the telling of the story more than the story itself yeah i i think that's a fair a fair way to look at it because honestly the story itself is kind of like eh, but because yeah. tasselhoff is telling it like if we'd had yeah. it from tannis's point of view uh, tannis's point of view it would have been about three pages long <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so All let's right. dive in let's dive in <laughs> uh tasselhoff it's 10 years after the war of the lance so that means it's eight years, I believe, seven to eight years after the series that Nami was talking about, the time of the twins wore the twins, test the twins. Um, Tasselhoff is so bored that he's decided he's going to pay old Lord Soth a visit. Uh, a bit of does. a spoiler for a book we're not going <laughs> to read. Uh, Lord Soth is taken to Ravenloft. Like shortly after the events of... Um, the uh, the twins book shortly after the Dragonlance Legends, 
Uh, old Lord Sauce goes back to Dargard Keep and the mists are like, oh no, son, you're coming with us. Uh, and he goes he goes to Ravenloft. So he would not have been home had Tasselhoff actually got to Dargard Keep. But he doesn't. Tasselhoff stops at a town that he can't remember the name of, and he gets chucked in jail for stealing some sausages. Magical sausages. Magical sausages, right? His excuse is he doesn't know how they got there. He only ate two of them to check to see if they do anything magical to his stomach. They did not. But, no, they did. They apparently gave him the shits. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's like <laughs> yes. I, they did something, but I'll have to check with Dalimar to. Uh, <laughs> no, I and I, I sympathize with him. Uh, I, I once went to one of those Brazilian steakhouses and then played laser tag afterwards Ooh, bad and learned a, learned a valuable lesson about sausage that day. Bad choice. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Should have been the other way around. Yeah. Should have been. Yeah. Never, never, never book after Fogoda Chow. <laughs> <laughs> Just not a good idea. So somehow there is a Kender, another Kender in this jail who has a message for Tasselhoff, which is he's to meet him at the Silver Dragon Mountain during this anniversary and then the rest of the message is say Fizban's name backwards three times and clap his hands now he does and this is of course Nabziff and uh, given Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's track record I'm a little surprised that a character named Nabziff didn't show up in one of their later series uh, because as we all know we had both Ziff, uh, Ziffnab and Zanfib um <laughs> Uh, Zanfib was kind of interesting because he was the evil one. But yeah, but I I mean, I guess they they have sort of laid the seeds for a possible Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman multiverse. It's no longer too late. There's a new book coming. Yep. You know, maybe, maybe Nabzib is the... um, Nabzif is the identity of the Queen of Darkness as Avatar. (laughs) I am I am going to say no only because I think the name is too silly for her. But wouldn't that be the ultimate ultimate swerve? I don't think she's that kind of a queen of no, darkness. I don't think she's that kind she, of queen of darkness she, either. Yeah, she because doesn't I have the, the queen of darkness. That is absolutely what yes. I feel. Yeah, yes. she's like darkness with just enough whimsy. Yes, yeah. that's not that's not. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think she'd go for it. I don't think she'd go for it. Like, um, oh, I can't remember her name now. But there was a thing in Wheel of Time, so it's probably better I don't mention it. Anyway, um, so when he does this, Fizban does not appear, but an invitation to the celebration of the tenth anniversary of the Dragon Something. There's smudges on the invitation. Is to be held at Silver Dragon Mountain Yule Time and. Tasselhoff's presence is requested. Can't say no to that. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. Sorry, everybody. It's con weekend. I'm a little tired. Um, so uh, he heads over to Foghaven Vale. You know, he's heading toward the, you know, the mountain. Uh, he, you know, there's the hot springs and the cool lake and the whatnot. And uh, then he hears Tannis who is very down on this celebration because he's like, the Knights are just doing this to remind everybody that they're good guys and powerful, 
because a bunch of goblins and ogres and whatnot, draconians, invaded the town of Throttle. Tannis is in a very Tannis mood. Yeah, he is. He's he's Tannising a lot. Uh, Nami, do you remember uh, yeah. that Gross. that story in? Um, did you read Kender Gully Dwarves and Gnomes? I assume you did. It was the uh, one of the anthologies. It's likely, but also it was a minimum of ten years ago. Yeah, okay. they all run together at a certain point. All right. <laughs> Does uh, I've talked about this one before. Does anyone else remember that uh, story that is just actually sort of a a monograph by a gnome who claims to have been the tenth companion, but nobody remembers him, and. At one point, he's got Tannis up on a battlement some, somewhere with a skull looking at it going, Lorana or Kitiara, which do I choose? So, you know, <laughs> Tannis being in a bad mood is very, very Hamlet. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Headcanon strongly accepted. Yes. Um, so <laughs> it's Tannis, Lorana, and Karaman. And uh, they're having this argument. And this is a point that Nami talked about where Tasselhoff picks up Tannis's pack accidentally because uh, Tannis is looking for his handkerchief and it's in his pack. Um, you know, and there's there's some references to to some other stuff and a little bit of a spoiler there about what eventually happens to Raceland, sort of. <laughs> it's vague enough that if you haven't read it, I don't know that you would understand what happened. Yeah. Which um, is good because you know something has happened, but you're like, what? What? What is it? Perhaps it'll perhaps it'll pique your interest. Perhaps after the uh, the next two seasons we have planned, <laughs> we can do test of the twins. Um, why? Why two other seasons when twins now? Well, <laughs> we we're we're dipping into forgotten realms uh, for the next season, and then we have. I'll allow it. <laughs> we're having a palate cleanser. We have yes. sort of a. Uh, an idea that Ricky put forth, which is that we should actually run through the original Dragonlance modules. Um, oh my gosh. But I have to start buying them and giving them to James because we sort of made him be the DM. Um, <laughs> I offered. Yeah, you did. Fall and told. Um, and Everybody I, stepped back from the line. I think the <laughs> I way the I, yeah, I think the way we're going to do that is is maybe not so we don't run through the whole thing at a time and just become a an uh, actual play podcast. Um, I think maybe we'll do like one module and then a book and then another module and then a book. And mm. we'll see. Patrick doesn't agree with that idea. But like, this is our podcast. We do what we want. If we decide something different, we'll do something different. Yeah. Yeah. There are no rules. As yeah. as on our sister podcast, Shameless Plug, Arrow, Chapter and Verse, <laughs> where we're no longer talking about the Arrowverse, we're talking about cartoons that we like. Yes. That's actually, that's really nice for you guys. I'm glad you've escaped. Yeah. yeah. Good. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Walls can't hold us. <laughs> rules can't, can't hold, hold us. us. <laughs> Only we can hold us. Ooh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, I'm so a... lonely. Oh no! <laughs> oh man. Well, Patrick, when I when I stop by to deliver the next book, I think I'm going to give you a hug. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> um, maybe maybe give him two hugs. <laughs> that that can be arranged. That can be arranged. Um, all right. Anyway, so, back to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> so Tass is stealing handkerchiefs. Tannis has a cold. 
Tannis does have a cold. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's great. Yeah, I and love how Laura, Lorana is just like being elegant and fabulous, and then Tannis is just like grub, 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 sneeze, grub, 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 sneeze. I I love that Lorana started out again. I think she has the strongest character arc because she starts out as just basically a teenage girl, and now she's like. Oh dear, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. It's politics. Let me talk to everybody and, you know, start some alliances and make sure everybody's feathers are ruffled because I am now good little finger. Good little finger. Oh man, she really is. Yeah. She's the goodest finger. <laughs> uh, all right. So there is a bit in here that I like where. Uh, <laughs> uh, Somebody was singing a song uh, about Stern Brightblade and Tannis was like, that's not how he was. You tell it like it was, you stupid bard. Get out of the tavern. And the bard is like, well, I shan't play this place again. Philistines. And then and then walked out. Um, Sturm would have wanted it that way Sturm would have wanted it that way uh, we can assume another shameless plug that he was not singing the parody of John Henry uh, that I wrote about Sturm Brightblade which is of course on the Patreon plug, plug. <laughs> um, alright so basically Taz shows up and everybody's like well who, who invited him we didn't invite him I didn't invite and then uh Tannis is like, look, we'd better keep him with us because we got to keep an eye on him. And this is a point where uh, Tasselhoff's like, who are you? I'm quoting from the book now. Who are you talking about? Who'd follow you? Keep an eye on who? Tannis gives him three guesses and Taz spends the rest of the time guessing and doesn't get it. Oh, man. That level of self-confidence, man. Right. It's so wholesome and innocent. Yeah. Um. And the first the first line of, of chapter two of this story is I asked you not to bring the Kender. <laughs> and then of course Tass looking around like which Kender? Who? Yeah, who is there another another Kender? Yeah, he can't mean me. Hi, Lord Gunther. That's an interesting I know I notice you're wearing silver braces and a dagger, which I'm gonna take accidentally. Um but I, I, Lord Gunther, also very polite, goes over to Tasselhoff Burfoot, greets him uh, with a little Kender greeting, and then Taz is, offers to tell him a story, and he's like, uh, I gotta go say hi to someone else. Gotta go. I think I'm polite, but not that polite. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, all things considering a pretty polite sir, swerve, when you've got like a professional idiot thief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who invited himself to your party? No, I, like a totally elegant uh, breathe and pivot moment for Lord Gunther. So respect. But also, I have to point out, I understand Tasselhoff's a kender. You should have invited him. Oh, right. Yes. Like he should. He should definitely be at that party. Uh. It's like he, not inviting Maleficent to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he earned it. He earned it. Except he's not going to come in and you know curse or whatever. He's just going to take your stuff. Yeah. You sure? Are you sure? Well, uh, there is a <laughs> in that interaction with Lord Gunther. He is like, "Did your wife get that thing?" Lord Gunther's like, "Yes." Has <laughs> she used it yet? 
No. Well, it could <laughs> teleport her to an evil wizard's chambers. Not that I want that for her, but it's sure to do something interesting. It's magic. So maybe he is throwing curses around without really without would, really knowing about it. I would believe that. Yep. And yep. they name checked Alamar again, so we're we're making sure to <laughs> yeah. get get him in print. Uh, I, I like that Dalimar is like he's he, he's the one black robed mage we can kind of trust because he does have ambitions, but it's not the usual black robed mage ambition. So yeah, we're cool. Acceptable ambitions. Yeah, he's like, no, I believe in the defense of the city that I'm living in. It's a good thing. Um, now here's where it gets a little weird. Uh, Taz notices a knight that we've never heard mentioned before. And you remember in the first story in the book where we talked about it, where the knight was named Gowan and we're like, we have no idea why out of all of the knights you could have, or all the names you could have chosen, you chose a name that has resonance with a knight, but didn't do anything with it. It's just this knight <laughs> was named Gowan. No relation. No relation. Well, the knight in question is named Owen Glendower. Wow. Owen Glendower. And a lot of you were saying, well, Seth, why is that? I don't know who Owen Glendower is. And I'm like, oh, don't you? He was only the last Prince of Wales who led a resistance against the English until he disappeared and probably died. Who? Yes, exactly. Now, oh, I have, a, you know, <laughs> I have a book. I have a book about Owen Glendower, which should surprise no one. Um but yeah, it's really weird that he chose this name. I want to say that Owen Glendower also, I guess, is immortalized. He's in Henry the First Part, no, Henry the Fourth Part One. Um, so again, it's like, well, you chose a name that means something, but has no bearing on this story. Yeah, but not not giving that any narrative weight. Yeah. yeah. It's Gently like caressing the fourth wall. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hi everybody. He and then he met a serving maid named Madonna. For no reason. Did, did, did she sing? No. no. Oh, okay. Was she was she fabulous in any way? It, no. Uh, um. Actually, this one time she did wear a dress in a wind in the wind, but that was okay. it. that happened. But, but that's yeah, it. that's it. That's it. That's it. Does she so, have volum voluminous curly hair? No. No. Nah. No. It's Bob actually. Was anyone desperately seeking her? No, that was nope. Susan. That was, oh, that's right. That's Susan. All right. <laughs> Susan. Uh, all right. So now there we go. Now, um, Tasselhoff at this point is like, uh, I got to go. I need to check out. Um, bye, everybody. I'm, I'm just I'm just going to leave. And then Lord Gunther gives a speech and is about to honor Owen Glendower, who is apparently the first knight to ever use a dragon led battle, at which point he has a fit. Like, he just falls down, starts gargling and choking, might be seizing a little bit. It's, it's real bad. And then Lady Chrysania, who is there and who is now not jerk Lady Chrysania, as she was when we're introduced to her in the beginning of the series we haven't read yet, comes over to him and is like, oh, there's nothing wrong with his body. This trouble is in his mind. And then Tasselhoff is like, uh, yep, okay, I gotta, gotta check it out. Um, gotta go. And Chrysania is like, hey, if there's one thing Paladine told me about this guy, it's that you know why he's like this. And Tasselhoff is, well, I can't tell. I promised Fizzman I wouldn't tell. And I, 
I, I can't figure out how to. I, okay. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you by which he means Lady Christania, Tannis, uh, Lorana, and Caramon. And then you tell me if I should tell anyone else. And Caramon is the one who's like, Taz, um, you know, if you tell us, and then Tannis elbows him in the ribs and stuff. <laughs> Shut up. You know it's bad when when your muscly warrior dude is the one who's like, wait, logical flaw? Logical <laughs> yeah. flaw? Well, I mean, he he has he has grown quite a bit. He's he's okay. no longer the okay. Yeah, well, he's not hungry all the time, so his brain is working better. Yeah, there we go. True. <laughs> this is true. This is canon. And this is is this already? Yes, this is already uh, just after when Theros very enigmatically is like, I know, but I can't tell you. And I'm yes. leaving. And then, and, then, <laughs> like, and then he says, I wasn't there, which is completely untrue. <laughs> so now we cut back to an interstitial scene uh, between the end of part two, book two, and the, obviously the beginning of part three. This is the part right after Silvara steps up and says to Theros Silverarm, I give you the power to forge the Dragonlance. That's what she did. So Fizban and uh, Taz are trying to get out of, of Huma's tomb. Uh, by the way, uh, Nami. Oh, yes. No, I was aware of this. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, we watched, or I watched a little bit of the, the recording of the reading of Dragonlance at Gen Con 1984. Mm. And they were like, Huma. And I was like, no, Huma. I'm about to scandalize you guys, but I genuinely could not remember how it was pronounced. And when I went to read it this time, for some reason, my brain was like, it's Huma now. And I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's, it's true. That's fair enough. I can't do it. I yeah. can't. Rain says while wearing shades and finger gunsing into the sunset. Huma uh, now. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. So <clears throat> then basically what we have is uh, a, a a fair bit where they try to get out of away from uh, Huma's tomb, but they can't. Every time they try to go somewhere, they just end up back at Huma's tomb. Uh, and then Fizban decides to cast a spell Tasselhoff goes to sleep and then wakes up and uh at this point oh no 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 he he does the thing Tas falls asleep waiting for him and then he's going to cast another thing which is going to blow up the tomb or something like that and instead he teleports them into Huma's tomb except uh, now there is a funny bit where um, Fizban decides they're under a curse, and the the person that has cursed him is the Dark Queen, uh, which I think was is kind of a cute idea. Um, has anybody gotten Fizban's Book of Dragons? Mm-mm. I uh, I flipped through it. My problem with those books is I always want more commentary from the person whose name is on the cover. But I flipped through it, and there was a really weird notation where he was like. If I weren't a platinum dragon, I'd be blue. Not that I'd be sad. I'd be a blue dragon. But I'm already platinum. And I'm like, why would you? 
Why was a Why would you be a blue dragon? Is All the blue just his favorite color, maybe? I don't know. Okay, well, usually his robes are described as mouse colored. Yeah. Is there a mouse colored dragon anywhere? Probably not. <laughs> oh, I could be brown. I, I could think be that blue. Would be... I could be vile. I saw a miniature of something this weekend at the con that I was like, that I don't want to know. I don't ever want to fight one. It's an eye drake, which is what happens when apparently a beholder has a sexy dream about a dragon because beholders oh. don't reduce section, don't reproduce sexually. They reproduce by dreaming and it dreamed this thing into an existence. And if you can imagine sort of a tannish dragon with no uh, limbs other than the wings with eyes on every wing joint and a big eye in its mouth. No, thank you. And I, yeah, fuel. and I, I don't but, know what the challenge rating is on one of those, and I don't think I want to. <laughs> I would just like to formally request a refund on that mental image. All right. Uh, then uh, allow me to put into your mind the image of my dog being a good boy and sitting as I give him a goldfish cracker. <laughs> to be yes. to be clear, there's also is it an old bag goldfish. Yeah, oh Penny, we can see Penny in Patrick's background. Oh, puppy. Yeah, not, not to short circuit all of the puppy therapy, but the Forgotten Realms wiki places an Idrake at a CR eight. Really? Yeah, that that seems low. Well, maybe it's a young Idrake. Okay, I, I, not I a, not an elder Idrake. Okay. Yes, no ancient Idrake. Most of the concern with an Idrake is more the initial, like that is so many eyes and that is so many dragon, and it's less about how actually difficult it is to fight and more about overcoming that initial knee jerk reaction to see dragon with many eyes and just go nope. No thanks. Yeah, just nope out of the Be not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. an angel, everyone. All it's... right, Idrakes are angels. It is confirmed. It's but prog... why do I have the dragon fear? Prognosticies from a, a, a wind in the door. Everybody remember the carabim from a wind in the door? The Follow up to a wrinkle in time. I remember. Anyway, oh, moving goodness. on. Oh my goodness! Okay, that's what I thought you were saying, but yeah. I was like, "Is this really happening right now?" Yeah. I was obsessed with those books. Still, am obsessed. Actually, wait. Hey, fun aside. Yeah. The reason that I got so into biology is because, like, one of the books in that series is about her brother having a mitochondrial disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Wind in the Door, where he's talking about <laughs> Ferrandoli and mitochondria in class, and the teachers like don't make things up, and he's like, I, "I'm what?" That was also the moment where I was like desperately googling Ferrandoli, and I'm like, "Is this not a real thing?" <laughs> but mitochondria is real. <laughs> And then I became a biologist. Well, <laughs> uh, it's it's time for once again Seth talking in his old man voice. When I read a wind in the door, it was 1985. We didn't have Google. We had encyclopedias and they weren't up to date. I was negative nine years old then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yep. so happy for this moment. Yep. <laughs> the spite in everyone's face. Yep. <laughs> the, whole, like, mm. 
the whole group just stared blankly into the <laughs> distance in old man rage. Yeah, I'm sorry, was like, because she was busy laughing at them. Yeah. What year yeah. was that again? What, what? 85. 85. 85. Yes. <laughs> oh. That was um, minus yeah. seven uh, here. Oh, jeez. Naomi and I are the young girls. Thanks for representing the youths. Yes. At least Ricky's not here. Because if I recall correctly, Ricky is a wonderful human being. Yeah, Ricky's a wonderful human being. I think he is just turning 30. Mm. See, the funniest thing to me about this chat, though, is the fact that, like, we, like, like, myself... Seth and James, we all still read these Dragonlance books and obsessed about them, mm. just like a generation apart. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised uh, that you got into them because by the time, you know, by the time you would have been into them, there would have been this vast library of Dragonlance books, 95 to 99 percent of which were not good. Well, the mm. thing is that it was kind of an accident because I remember that the way that I found these books is that I would just sit in like a Barnes and Nobles and Borders and I would like troll through all of the fantasy books way before I was old enough to read them. Yeah. Um, I believe there's like a sex scene in one of the original trilogy books. And I remember reading that when I was like too young to like fully know what was happening. And I'm like, huh, okay. Weird grown up shit. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Why is he taking off her boots? Hmm. Mm. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, it, was, uh, it was so funny because, like, I would just like go through the fantasy section and I would like pull books off and I would just read everything because yeah. I could read everything at that point because I had that sort of energy and I had nothing else to do. No, and I hear you. At one point, I ended up picking up time of the twins and i blew through that and i realized i loved it so i just started reading everything else by weiss and hickman and that was pretty much how i got there but there was a long period of time where i would just also like i think one of the other ways that i did find the Dragonlance books and stick with them is because my uncle he was like my cool uncle and he had like a library of books in like at his parents' house, like their whole basement was converted into a library and I would like visit and I would just like go through the books and he'd be like, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. And like, yeah, I still have, you know, like my original trade paperbacks that I got of these guys. Oh, wow. That is definitely one of the newer printings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nerdo. I got the new printings of the trade paperbacks because yeah. like I said, I was reading these in the 2000s as yeah. opposed to the 80s. Man. Um, I actually got them because they were being passed around the school I was in in 1986. Um, I think they've stuck with me so long because if I if I remember correctly. They hit. No, no, this would have been before that. Yeah. So I they were maybe the second fantasy series that I'd read after Lord of the Rings. You know, uh, so they were they were kind of kind of hitting hard. I uh, I didn't even get into Shannara until like a couple years later. So, yeah, it's interesting. The only other fantasy series that I can really remember, like sticking with me like this was 
God, I think it's the Belgarade, the Bulgarian. The Bulgarian, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Hey, okay, sorry. We're gonna we have, everybody. We're doing the second episode in the middle of the first episode. <laughs> second episode <laughs> in the middle of the first episode. Actually, no. What you know? What? Let's save this. Nami, come back for the second episode. Where we're just gonna generally talk about things, and all we'll right. we'll talk about this stuff because I have a I have a story from this weekend that might be entertaining and of interest. But for right now. <laughs> So we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode. When we talk about more stuff. Uh, so. Conversations on pause till the future. The future. <laughs> the future. Uh, so. So Kender. The Kender. They're, they're basically, they're in Huma's tomb. And somehow they're in the, the smithy. Okay. So here we go uh it was the largest and finest blacksmith shop i'd ever seen in my life there was an anvil bigger than me and a forge with a bellows and a lake of cold water that you put the hot metal in to hear it hiss and see steam rise up but the most wonderful thing was a huge pool of what looked like molten silver that gave off a beautiful light it reminded me of silvara's hair patrick silvara okay yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, sorry, uh, Nami, you are probably not familiar with this song, but there was a song by the uh, Oak Ridge the Oak, Boys. The Oak Ridge Boys that came out in 1980. That's called Elvira. And Patrick, whenever he read Silvara's name, thought of that song. So. I wrote a parody of it, and it's essentially Gilthanus talking about how much he loves Silvara. I love that for him. That's yes. that's pretty much what it is. He's like, I'm, okay, I'm. I, I I guess I'm not. I'm going to go against my father because I've fallen in love with this wilder elf. And then the second verse is basically, and now we're in the pool, and we're going to do that scene. So that was. <laughs> Can there be another verse that's like? So not sure if it's better or worse that the girl I like is a dragon instead of a wilder elf, but what's my dad going to do about this? I forgot. (laughs) I don't think I got into that. The problem is that Elvira is only two verses long. So there was only so much I could pack into it. But yeah, I I also just, and to reiterate that, well, uh, we'll talk about this in the next episode because we're getting off topic again. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Also, I do have like just like a whole realm of Dragonlance music that I got into. I started, well, I started listening to Nightwish because they, their song Wishmaster is about Raceland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is Wizard Rock then, right? We're talking about Wizard Rock? Symphonic Power Metal. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That, that only for really one song dipped into Wizard Rock. Yes, we did but symphonically for half a moment, but symphonically. Okay. Yes, and that's where I am singing Silvara in my head. But I'm not going to do it because I'm pretty sure I would blow out my speakers and it would not sound good. <laughs> I would, Fair enough. Yeah. I would love for but if, if we had we an editor. Enough Patreon. Yes. Folks, yes. If, we, if we get 50 patrons, we'll have <laughs> Nami back on to blow out her speakers. <laughs> love it. Love uh, okay. So there Flint and Theros are talking and Theros is like, this is what I'm supposed to make the dragon lances with dragon lance, dragon metal, magical silver. And then Theros picks up something from the floor. It was a lance. 
It looks very great. It looks like a dragon lance. He throws it into a wall as hard as he could, and the lance breaks, which is probably not what would happen to a steel lance if you threw it in a wall. It would... Metallurgically, it depends on if he hardened it first or not well i think it would bend <clears throat> most likely I well think get, yeah it depends yeah. on how hard it is like yeah, if it's but, if it's a well metallurgy yes please uh, come in james <laughs> yes uh well yeah so if it's a high carbon steel you could uh quench it to get it very hard almost glass hard yeah. which would make it brittle yeah. and then you would temper it back to make it tough enough to to be able to bend um yeah this yeah is, this is you know a knife making sword making sort of stuff it it sounds like though that this is not what he expected so yeah, yeah it, obviously it's not behaving the way he wants it to right and also it's interesting because the dragon lances appear to be made out of uh, entirely out of metal which is not usually how you'd make a lance essentially it's a it's it's a very long spear with a little like handguard type of shieldy thing uh, where you grip it, which is why they break so often in tournaments because they're made of wood, right? The bodies are made of wood, but mm -hmm. not in this case. However, it still breaks. And then uh, we find out that it's just steel and Flint's like, you got to make more of them and you got to tell them that they got to have faith in the dragon lances and then the dragon lances will work. We're betting it all on the placebo effect, y'all. And this is why I don't like the story. Because why have all of this stuff? Why have a magical pool of silver? Why have a dragon bless Theros Ironfeld? Why make references to the fact that Theros can has the silver arm and can make the dragon lances, but the previous smiths have had to have the silver arm and the hammer of Caharis which is a Warhammer, in order to forge the lances. Why do any of that if, in fact, you're not using the dragon metal or somehow the dragon metal turns into steel when it's taken out of the pool? Yeah, I mean, this is gods or jerks, right? Like, <laughs> it, it cheapens the impact of all of it because like sure it the power was inside you all along could be a meaningful thing but it's not here yeah now uh how many people on this call remember crawl i do yeah yeah people raise hands for yes. getting this as an audio <laughs> medium right well the three of us have raised I was hands nodding my head and i'm oh. like all right <laughs> nami okay so you remember Krull and the whole thing about the glaive and the glaive being this stupid, powerful weapon, which is just uh, a basically a, a five-pointed star with knives attached to the ends of the points that you can control with your mind. And it it's comes back to, it's like Thor's hammer, but you have to be very careful about right. how you catch it, right? Yandu's yeah. arrow, right? Yeah, yeah, Yandu's arrow. Like that. Good cut. Yeah. And... They're at the final battle. They're fighting the final bad guy. And they use the glaive. And the glaive gets stuck in the bad guy's flesh. And then what they do is the two main characters repeat their wedding vows. And then somehow that gives them the power to blast him with magical fire. I've seen this anime. 
the power was inside them all along. The real dragon lances were the friends we made along the way. Here's the thing. Here's the worst, worst part about it. I do actually like that narrative. I do, when it's done right, enjoy the power was inside you all along narrative. But not not as a retcon. Yeah. Starters. Not as a retcon when you have a whole epic story about how getting these lances in the first place was a really important critical thing because like the worst part about here is just on the basis of Silvara herself like this basically undoes her entire sacrifice like like she basically betrays the like ordinances of the dragon's non-involvement to like she sticks her whole ass neck out there to like save people and give them the power of the dragon lances and then it's like actually no you just had to throw a stick and believe yeah 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 I mean I'm uh, I'm going to I, I think I've talked about this on another podcast. I forget whether it's Arrow or um, uh, Flailing Through First, but I, I call this the Dean Koontz rule and I call it the Dean Koontz rule because Dean Koontz once wrote a book called House of Thunder and the plot of House of Thunder is a woman wakes up in a hospital after an accident and all of the orderlies in attendance look like these frat guys that used to torment her and her husband in college who then died in a car wreck. And it's presented as somehow these people have escaped hell and have come back from revenge uh, for revenge and they're tormenting her. And that's very interesting until you find out that she actually works for a government intelligence agency. And what has happened is that the Russians have done plastic surgery on three or four of their people based on a photo in a newspaper that's at least 10 years old to make them look like these people to torment her so that she will give them information. And when the rational explanation is actually less probable and less interesting than the magical explanation, the magical explanation is the better way to go. And I'm applying it here agreed it's yeah um and and that's that's i mean that's honestly basically the rest of the deal is that you know um they get back into huma's tomb they find uh um owen glendower uh apparently there's some sort of um is what is there some sort of ice chamber in the tomb that they find and it turns out there's a, a white dragon and they give him a dragon lance and say use it and he kills the white dragon eventually the yeah. one element that i did like in this story was the fact that what seemed just like silly nonsense happening with them getting lost in the fog and then reappearing in Huma's tomb did serve a plot device because the reason they were getting lost was because Fizban, whenever he lost his shit and got frustrated while they were lost, he set off some sort of dramatic light show, which served the purpose of getting Owen there as well. So like, I liked how that. Yeah. I mean, that did did serve a purpose and I have to do a mea culpa. The ice chamber wasn't in Huma's tomb. They left Huma's tomb. They went somewhere else. They were trying to get to some like someplace in Urgoth or something. And they encountered a white dragon and Owen kills yeah, it. Yeah, well, they were going to bring... So, right, Tass and Fizban stole two lances from the forge. Right. 
And after they met Owen, they were going to take the lances to Lord Gunthar, right? Yeah. 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 And, and then Fizban pulled his stuff where he's he's being uh, an erratic meddler, but with purpose in the background. And Tass was very upset because he knew the right way to go, and Fizban made him go the other way. And it turns out Tass yep. was right the whole time. It's and, me, crazy old bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and <clears throat> Fizban loses his hat and then says he wants a fedora. Makes me... <laughs> Worry a little bit about Fizban, milady, but um, I was going to say kill an old my, man. my respect for the god of good did decline a little bit. <laughs> yeah, at that like, moment, oh, fedora. Any, anyway, uh, maybe maybe we can cut some slack for that, just not aging well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it, it's also interesting because I want to say that I believe this is the first instance of uh, Fizban slipping and making a reference to something that is not in the world of Kryn, uh, hmm. which uh, Zifnab in the Deathgate cycle definitely does. Uh, at, at one point, it, there's they're in a world where he's got a dragon with him as a companion, but the dragon has to stay enchanted. And basically, if you sing the right folk song to him, he calms down and is willing to work with you. But then he gradually gets angrier and angrier. And then at one point, he gets so angry that the song's not going to work, and Zifnab turns to everyone and says, "Fly, you fools!" And then, uh, and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, see, I know what you did." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, there's also no real explanation for him in the Deathgate cycle, but uh, I will say, spoilers: uh, what's happened is it's Earth after an apocalypse, so apparently there are still pop culture references from several hundred years ago to be gleaned and used. Um, Fair enough. But that's not what's happening here. Uh, so again, there's a white dragon. They fight him. Uh, and then, um, you know, he tells a story. Uh, Owen Glendower wakes up. Um, sorry. I can't, I'm, I'm skipping a lot of this because it's just a fight. And it's not it's like the... There the, is the, a fun the, image of the dragon preparing to breathe it's breath weapon and Fizban's hat getting caught in its throat and it kind of like a, it's got a little <laughs> that, that part would make me giggle also yes. because after that Fizban gets his hat back and he's like it's never gonna be the same <laughs> ew gross it has hence a wanting on. a new hat dragon <laughs> slammer there we go yep perhaps a sensible beret Fizban <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the things that happens here is he tries one lance on the dragon and it breaks and he tries the other one and it works and he's like well what is the truth and again the answer is the magic was in you all along you, you just gotta believe you know believe uh, in me that believes in you that believes in me, <laughs> me. yeah that's that's our drill um yeah so he you know Taz finishes the story uh that's almost to the end now. Like I said, Owen, <laughs> Owen Glendower kind of wakes up and, you know, uh, Gunther's a little bit upset about this. And he uh, Owen Glendower was able to keep the secret until his son became a knight and then was going to have to use the dragon lances. And uh, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, it's it's going to be OK. We all have faith now and we can all use dragon lances and, 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 and it's great. Um, I and say, I think the 
real accidental hero of this story was a little bit that Lord what's his face for not losing his shit this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Gunther, who was like, I'm I'm calm. And then Caramon is like, I'm not did the lances work or didn't they? And Tannis is like, well, let me tell you, since we won the lance or we won the war, they did work. But yeah. Um uh, what's what's also interesting to me is that Fizban does not show up uh in he only shows up in the story. <clears throat> and he clearly said for Taz to meet him at the 10th anniversary. So I thought we were going to get a little bit of Fizban and we did not. And I'm slightly disappointed by that, but I felt like 3% robbed. Yeah. Nah. Some robbed, but again, that's, that's the thing. Tasselhoff is an entertaining first person uh, point of view to read. It's fun to read him. I think, I, I think that it's fun in short chunks. I don't think I'd want to read an entire novel from Tasselhoff's point of view. Um, but but yeah, but there, there's this pointless retcon with stuff that is apparently all theater and leaves me with a question. It's like, well, do the dragons know? Did Silvara know? Like, it, it seems like if she did, she just could have popped down anywhere and said to Annie Smith, like, I give you the power to forge the dragon lances and it would have worked. But. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's the sigh the sigh of the annoyed i'm just like why why is this happening why anything yeah me just screaming why yeah yeah um so uh yeah again uh margaret weiser tracy hickman it was a, a retcon that made your world worse please don't do that i i certainly hope you do don't do that in the book that i pre-ordered um so big mood same yeah, yeah. Because of course I pre-ordered it. How could I not? Yeah, I know. It was the first Dragonlance book in quite a while, and the even longer written by Weiss and Hickman. Uh, and I, available in hardcover. And available in hardcover. Not what? many of their books have gone to hardcover first. Um, matter of fact, I think the first one was that uh, uh, um, the sort of bridge book between the Twins trilogy and then the next one that they did, which had two original stories and then reprints of the three stories that they'd already uh, put in the Tales trilogy. Yeah, it was, I was, I was somewhat disappointed when I purchased it. Publishing's a racket, brother. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm now less disappointed because I don't own the Tales trilogy anymore, but I still have those stories. Uh, I'm also like, spoilers if we ever get that far. I don't know that we will. But I was a little bit disappointed about having these two stories that introduced us to Tannen and Sturm, uh, Caramon and Tika's kids, and Palin, of course. Uh, and I was a little disappointed that we get to the next story, which is about the Dark Queen's next scheme to take over Kryn, and they're like, and eh, Tannen and Sturm are immediately dead. But it's like, well, we... really? That was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, of course the the plot is that somehow this time uh, Tachesis has gone to another continent on Kryn and come back with a bunch of warriors that are bigger and more powerful than warriors have ever been before. Yeah. And then there's there's other stuff that happens. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones after that actually aren't bad. Uh, like the uh, I, I've only read them once, but I remember enjoying them more than uh, Dragons of Summer Flame. 
Um, but yes. So anyway, that's that's enough about Dragon Lance for right now. Oh, Nami, you have a thought. I was muted for that thought, fail. I remember enjoying, um, I feel like it was like the immediate like follow-up to Summer Flame, like not quite the Chaos War, but sort of the aftermath of what Mina's been up to. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Mostly because I feel like I read that at an angsty point in my life and mm. Mina's existence is just all angst and I was like, same vibes. Yeah, same vibes. Now, it's it's interesting because the the lore is after or after Dragons of Summer Flame, Tachesis literally stole Kryn, moved it somewhere else in space where somehow there are much larger dragons the plot details go off the rails in the way that they do when you're a 13-year-old writing fan fiction about this series. Yeah. <laughs> because frankly, as a 13-year-old who was reading this, I was like, ah, yes, this is a plot device I could have come up with. Which isn't a great thing to say about a real, real plot. It, no, it's not. And, and again, once again, we, we run into the problem of the balance that exists on Kryn, which is the good and neutral gods keep the balance and the evil gods do whatever the fuck they want. And then the good and neutral gods have to scramble to try to put everything back in place. Yeah. Yep. Cause good gods are nerds. <laughs> Actually. No neutral gods are nerds. Come yeah. on guys. We know yeah. the thrill. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Good like, literally he lives in a library <laughs> bad guys rule good guys drool man that sounds neutral so guys where the fuck were you living in a library yeah uh, except Seth is daydreaming now yeah. <laughs> sorry i gotta use my nerd boy i'm sorry i was busy taking notes <laughs> slams your your textbooks out of your hand in the hallway <gasps> <laughs> Did that happen? It's a, that's, that, that's that's Tachesis, the school bully, just yeah. going through with all the other gods. It's just oh, she's definitely the queen bee. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Pal- Paladina, the other jocks are just standing there, like, should we laugh? I don't know. If we laugh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> should we laugh? I, you know what? I'm gonna save this for plugs, but hang on, I want to make sure that I've I've got uh, I've Paladine got the right yes. as Riley and or Jonesy from Letterkenny would be delightful now <laughs> yeah you're not wrong you're so right i hate it <laughs> oh. keep talking keep vamping i'm trying to how's find it, something oh dear how's it going on down there crin buddy <laughs> yeah buddy what's what's good <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's perfect I didn't realize that that was a comparison I needed in my life, and here it is, and I don't know who I was before that. <laughs> my work here is done. Good night, everybody. And the chat. Good night, everybody, indeed. All right, hang on. <laughs> there is something that I forgot to do at the con I was just at, and I feel bad about it. Shameful. Yeah. Um oh. I for I forgot to buy something from one of the artists. Let me see if I, I want to see if I could find it on her uh, Etsy store because this is it's really. I, I think you all need to see it. <laughs> pertinent to the moment. It is pertinent to the moment. Um, I'm just trying to think of like 
transcribing hockey quips to like prim like all of the freaking like <laughs> oh my god all naomi, the chirping the, naomi the minute you do this i absolutely god god i need to get my friend ari on this show at some point because she also is in love with everything involving the twins and is dying for the moment that we finally get there one day god all right i i can't find it shoot oh oh well oh well uh i meant i meant to buy a print uh while i was at the con i was just at and i just want you to picture uh i just want you to picture baby techies with her cute cute five little heads just Mm. doing stuff green heads got a blanket on it i think that the white heads getting a treat just a little cute baby techies just fooling around um and that's that's key lime creations everyone if you're interested and in, i'm i'm into plugs i guess i'm plugging early um, <laughs> all right key lime creations but it is actually i think it is time for plugs uh now this is going to come out the week of june 6th i believe that's right june 6th uh so um Naomi, do you have anything to plug for the week of June 6th? While I'm off in Estonia on workcation, um, I mean, I plugged my Twitch channel earlier, so let's go with that. Twitch.tv slash anxiety underscore TTV. There we go. A Once again, a stream of consciousness. Uh, James, do you have anything to plug for June 6th? Nothing for the room. Take Nothing care of yourselves room. and take care of each other, friends. All right. Uh, Nami, how about you? Anything to plug for the week of June 6th? Actually, yes. Um, Let's see. So uh, the podcast that I'm on, Sagas and Sass, we just launched our Patreon. So please uh, come check that out as well. Uh, Obviously, after after supporting these guys over here first, because you definitely do want me blowing out my speakers. Oh, yeah. And and you want all the fanfic that Ricky said he'd write. I will do that. You can also have access to my old fanfic. <laughs> that is a threat. It's a bargain. <laughs> and then let's see. I also um, I'm Nami Sparrow on almost everything. So uh, just just go hunting for some birds. It's me. But don't hunt up her old deviant art angsty racelet pictures. It's true. Or do. Or do. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, do you have anything to plug for the week of June sixth? Uh, nothing for the room as well. So I guess I just I you know what I'm gonna plug Arrow chapter and verse. There we go. Talking about everything but Arrow chapter and verse. Uh, no, yeah. no. Um, currently, yeah, we're in the season two of Justice League Unlimited, and we're we're in the essentially the finale period, which is the back half of the show mm-hmm. like they it's it's about a five episode arc yeah um and so yeah give us a listen yeah there we go um i already plugged key lime creations uh i'll plug dryad t again since i'm plugging things um uh i'm gonna go ahead and plug a few authors because i feel like it um i again i was at a con this weekend so uh p jelly clark 
Um, Master of Gin is his latest book that's out. Um, yeah, he's he's got there are two short stories set in that universe and a previous novella called The Haunting of Tramcar 015. Um, those are out and available. Um, then Micaiah Johnson, The Space Between Worlds is her latest book that's come out. Um, uh, let's see, Arcady Martin. Uh, she's got um, a memory called Empire and a desolation called Peace. And she's going to have a book called Rose House out in 2023. Uh, I believe those are the, well, I'll, I'll plug Shauna McGuire, but she doesn't need it. She, she doesn't need me to plug her on the show. She's, she's doing, she's doing all right for herself, but folks, if you haven't given her a read, I recommend it. My, uh, my favorite series is um, the uh, Wayward Children series, which is a series of novella for young adults, but my God, they're heartbreaking. Um, we'll also recommend Middle Game. And uh, that is it for all of the authors we're not discussing on this podcast. Yeah, I got uh, a, I got a second all of those author recommendations, especially those first two, because, because if you ever wanted the palate cleanser from stuffy British dude does archaeological things. Oh, 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 Master of Gin does it so good. Oh my god, yeah. The freaking uh <laughs> the group of white guys. Um let's yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else. Uh but with that, uh we have come to the end of our show. So we thank you for coming with us on this journey. Uh since we have finished the book Next time is going to be one of those interstitial episodes where we're just going to be talking about stuff. Uh, Nami will come back because we have uh, more stuff to talk about. And uh, then after that, we're going to start reading. Um, uh, I forget what the book's title is. It is the first book in the Harper's series. It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, we will actually have a special guest with us that entire season uh and because he's uh another friend of mine who really got into the harper stuff um but yes you will see that in two episodes so for now thank you for listening and goodbye bye bye, bye, -bye. bye. yes